Today's conversationalists, it's Eric Erickson here across the nation, six after the hour. I hope you're doing fantastic. And I really hope wherever you are, you can see the sun because it is something I have not seen in several days. It just doesn't seem like it's going to let up. Uh, I'm starting to get a little bit tired of all the rain across the southeast. And I realize, like, we need it. I get it. Uh, It's good for the flowers because my wife likes to buy lots of flowers and put them outside and forget to water them. And so Mother Nature is taking care of those dead things in the yard. (laughs) She doesn't listen to the show. Shh. (laughs) But I'm tired. I'd like to see some sunshine. I like to go hit golf balls and have a beer on the golf course. And the golf course, you can't get out there because there's just rain everywhere. It's just, it's a mess. I really want sunshine. I hope it is sunny where you are. And if it is, please go hit a golf ball for me somewhere. I have really gotten into, like, I I think it's an addiction. I am so bad. I am so, so, so bad. But every once in a while, you just get one hit that's just, you're, you're like, you're always in search of the good hit. You you just you've got your suckage is measured in par and handicap, and then you have this this just perfect hit, and you don't know how you did it, and you spend the rest of your life in search of it, and it drives you insane. I I, I, I golf. That's what it is. It is just a path to drive you insane. Now, uh, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna shift things around because I have an annoyance. A lot of people say, oh, that's a great rant you had. I, I try not to rant. I try to keep you informed. I, I, I try to do the news with you, but I want to rant. I don't want to keep talking about the Hunter Biden situation because at some point it just becomes grievance mongering and, and therapy. But there's there's an angle that we need to talk about. Democrats lecture all of us on guns on a regular basis. They lecture us on guns. They want background checks, expanded background checks. They want stricter penalties for people who own guns incorrectly and badly and acquire guns they should have acquired. They they want more gun-free zones. Democrats want to make it harder to own a gun harder to use a gun, harder to get away with having defended oneself with a gun. They want everything about gun ownership and acquisition to be harder and more expensive. They want to tax bullets as a backdoor way towards gun regulation, drive up the cost of ammunition. They want to make it more difficult for businesses that sell firearms to use banks. So I just opened a bank account with Old Glory Bank. This is not an ad. This is just reality. I opened an account with Old Glory Bank. My buddy Bill Shine, who used to be at Fox News, he was Roger Ailes' number two at Fox News. He he is working with this company, Old Glory Bank, and it is a non-woke bank. In fact, their their whole aim is for gun manufacturers and and gun clubs and the like to, to have a safe space where they can have a bank account. If you're a conservative, to have a bank account. They're not a woke bank. And instead of, like, starting one from scratch, there was a project out there, got a lot of money from a lot of conservative investors to start this bank, and the whole thing collapsed, went belly up. What Old Glory did is they actually bought a pre-existing regional bank chain in Oklahoma, and they rebranded it, and they expanded it nationally as Old Glory. And I've set up an account there because I don't like woke banks. I don't like woke businesses. 
and Old Glory's not, and it's good. And one of the things that Old Glory noticed as an angle for getting business early was a lot of major banks no longer want to do business with gun manufacturers, gun stores, and any business that has anything related to do with guns. In fact, near me is a is a group called the Governor's Gun Club. It's north of Atlanta. It is the largest indoor skeet shooting facility outside of Austria. And their bank sent them a certified check and said, here's all your money from this from your bank account. We're shutting you down. No explanation. The subtext, however, was from this bank, we don't want to do business with anyone who dabbles in guns. They had payroll to meet, all sorts of stuff. And in fact, I got it wrong. They sent them a certified letter saying they were shutting down their account and your money would come later. And it put them in a, in a pickle when they had to make payroll and stuff. They were able to take care of it, thank goodness. But the bank didn't want to do business with a gun manufacturer. They have subsequently found a new bank. And I've heard the story from a whole lot of people. I, I know a gun manufacturer, a pretty prominent one. I'll, I'll leave them out of it, although most of you would know this gun manufacturer. And they had to find new insurance because the insurance company didn't want to work with them. And then after they found new insurance, the bank came along and said, hey, we don't want to do business with you. Had to find a new bank. The left through ESG is targeting this stuff. I say all of this and I tie it into Hunter Biden for this reason. Hunter Biden was a crackhead who lied on the application to buy a gun to say he was not a crackhead. And then he or someone close to him threw the gun away into a dumpster, if I, if I remember right, it was near a school, disposed of it in a dumpster where it was found. I used to practice criminal indigent defense, not because I wanted to, but because I was forced to. The county that I practiced law in had, did not have a public defender's office. So the rule was every lawyer right out of law school had to practice indigent criminal defense for five years. It was ultimately determined it was unconstitutional, but in the process, they were moving to a public defender's setup anyway. But I had to defend a lot of poor young black guys. And it was eye-opening. I don't really subscribe to the whole idea of white privilege and whatnot, but you can't deny that in some cases they would have the book thrown at them where someone who was white would not. And it wasn't so much because they were black, it was because they were poor. It's not really a white privilege, it's a wealth privilege. A poor white person in Appalachia, you treated just as badly as a poor black person in uh, southern Alabama. Have the same social stigma and suspicions about them. They're oh, they're probably into drugs. They're probably a criminal. What have you? It has more to do with wealth than race. But the left is race obsessed, so they make it about white privilege. The reality is, if Hunter Biden were a young black man who did what he did, or a young white boy from Appalachia who did what he did, Hunter Biden would be going to jail over the gun stuff. And Joe Biden lectures all of us all the time about gun control and expanded background checks and the gun show loophole that doesn't really exist. Why are they making an example of Hunter Biden if they're so serious about the need for expanded background checks and responsible gun ownership and making it harder to own guns and people who, uh, who cast away their guns so the criminal element might have access to them? Those people need to go to jail. Why isn't Hunter Biden going to jail? Because they're not really down with the whole gun control narrative as much as they are. They want to control you and me, not them. The rules are meant to control us, not them. And that is the problem with all of this.
That's the problem with so many of the left's policies, is their policies in in pursuit of controlling you and me and not them. They don't want a young black student to take advantage of a school voucher program and show up in their school. Do you know who one of the biggest proponents of school busing was in uh, the, the opponent of school busing was in the 1960s was the Kennedys. They didn't want black kids coming into their neighborhoods and going to their white schools. They, they, they didn't like the busing program, the Supreme Court order. They, they were opposed to it. And then they fought school choice for the same reason. We, we don't want these poor kids, particularly poor non-white kids, coming to our kids' schools. They don't want egalitarian rules. They don't want rules for all of us. They only want rules for you and me. It's like Gavin Newsom telling everyone you got to shut down the restaurants and you can't go hang out, but he is perfectly happy to go hang out maskless at the French Laundry restaurant during lockdowns for a birthday party celebration. The rules were for you, not for him. Or the mayor of Austin, Texas, who flew off to Mexico during uh, COVID. Tell everybody you, you got to wear a mask. You, you can't have a party. You can't have people gathered at your house, and he's going to get on a little private plane with a bunch of people maskless and fly off to Cabo San Lucas because the rules are designed for you and me, not for them. And it's the same thing with the Hunter Biden situation. When you buy a gun, I know the left likes to say, I wish it were as easy to vote as it is to buy a gun. These are people who've never bought a gun. Because I have bought many, many guns and intend to buy many, 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 many more guns. And every time you buy a gun, you've got to fill out a form. You don't have to fill out all, all these forms every time you go to vote. You've got to fill out the basic who I am form, and this is my precinct. And then they check your license. They sign the, they check you off, and you go vote. With the gun, no, 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 no. You have to fill out a very long form. Instead of a half-page form, it's a full-page front and back form. you got to sign off, check a bunch of boxes, and then you've got to wait for permission to buy the gun you constitutionally are allowed to buy under the Second Amendment. you still got to wait for the background check to come through. You, you wait and you twiddle your thumbs, and you hope some they haven't gotten you confused. They put in the data right, and you buy the gun. And one of the checkboxes is, you are not using and have not purchased illegal drugs. Hunter Biden lied. And he bought a gun. And they're treating it as no big deal. If he completes probation two years, they'll dismiss the charge. Anybody else? Would the Democrats do that? Now, it's true that this particular charge is not one regularly enforced because, you know, it actually is hard to prove that someone was actually on crack at the time they filled out the form. It actually is hard to prove someone was actually using drugs or had a relationship with drugs at the time they filled out the form. It's very hard to prove. They rarely charge it, but Hunter Biden admitted it. Not only that, but the mitigating circumstances, they tossed the gun where anyone, a kid could have gotten it, a gangbanger could have gotten it, any of that. 
They want to lecture us on gun safety. They want to lecture us on gun control. The left likes to lecture us on how to live our lives, and they want an entire regime of laws to control our behavior, and they don't want it to apply to them. So the next time Joe Biden and Democrats lecture us on gun control, remember they don't actually believe it because if they did believe it, Hunter Biden would be going to jail and he's not because the left wants rules for you and me and not for them, including when it comes to guns. You're listening to The Eric Erickson Show, the perfect blend of news, analysis, opinion, and cooking. Yeah, cooking. can be live on Eric's show by calling 877-97-ERIC. That's 877-973-7425. Greetings, conversationalists. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. I am delighted to have you with me just to bring you up to speed here now. Um, a debris field has been found in the North Atlantic, uh, a distinct debris field from the um, Titanic. It is suspected to be a debris field of the Titan, uh, the submersible that was down there. Uh, there had been concerns. A number of people had echoed, including David Pogue, the technology writer, about the uh, fitness of this craft and uh, the portal window from which they could view things out the window was apparently not rated for the depths that it was at uh, from several press reports. So that seemed to be a huge weakness in the whole design and uh, it could have. And at that depth, it would have been a pretty instantaneous collapse if, if that window were. So y the amount of pressure on this thing is is intense, and if the portal gives, it is an immediate just sandwiching of the um, of the of the vessel. It uh, would have been an immediate collapse, uh, which honestly, given the alternative of suffocating over multiple days, probably is a is a better thing. But what what's so horrible about this is the number of people on the left who have come out and said, "Well, I mean, this was a billionaire screw him; he was evil." By virtue of being a billionaire, he was bad. They, they want billionaires to feel guilty for their success. I don't ever expect to be a billionaire. I don't need to be a billionaire. And that level of money, I, I think, would probably be bad for me and my family. Uh, but God bless somebody who comes up with a genius idea and becomes a billionaire. Uh, the, the idea from the left that this person is inherently bad, the New Republic, which used to be a serious intellectual journal of the left and is now kind of a, a clickbait, trash-posting uh, site without much depth, uh, went off on the CEO, it's okay that he's dead because he gave money to Republicans to define someone by their money. And by the way, I want to note for the record, and this is something that needs to be said, employees at CNN did a lot of hand-wringing over normalizing Donald Trump and platforming Donald Trump for a town hall, former president, uh, front runner for a major party nomination, and these employees were upset. Are any of them upset that their news organization put on television yesterday the New Republic writer who thought it was okay that this billionaire died in the submersible because he gave money to Republicans? They're upset about platforming Donald Trump. 
and they're going to put a guy like that on television, if you can't understand why, if you're upset about the one, you should be upset about the other and maybe not normalize either one, you got a real problem here. Uh, again, I think Chris Lick's diagnosis of that network's problems was right, even if he was too flawed to carry out the reforms. But the fact that there would be employees at CNN who would get upset about putting Donald Trump on television and then not think twice about putting on TV a guy whose basic position is screw these people on the sub because one of them gave money to Republicans, uh, they need to do some deep soul searching if they're worried about the one and not the other. Okay, uh, before we move on, let me tell you about the Eden Pure Thunderstorm air purifier. I keep getting questions on this. I, it, I Listen, it's an air purifier, so it gets rid of the dust and the pollen that's floating in the air, but I actually use it as an odor eliminator. Now, this thing is not bigger, really much bigger than my hand, and I can plug it into a USB cord in the car or I can plug it into the wall, and it just is an odor eliminator. So, for example, you get a car... A uh, rental car, and you can smell that someone smoked in it before you got it. You fire up the Eden Pure Thunderstorm, and it wipes out those odors. Cigar odors, cigarette odors, you name it. Smoke odors gets rid of them. Fireplace odors, uh, litter box odors, pet odors, cooking odors, musty odors. It wipes out those odors. You can get three of them for less than $200 at EdenPureDeals.com. The discount code box you see, you go to EdenPureDeals.com on the front page of the website. Put in Eric, E-R-I-C-K, at EdenPureDeals.com. Put in my name, Eric, E-R-I-C-K. You get three of them for less than $200. You get one for upstairs, downstairs, the basement, the RV, the travel bag, like I do, whatever you need them. EdenPureDeals.com, discount code Eric. Smart, fearless, and occasionally funny. You're listening to The Eric Erickson Show. Greetings and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number, 877-973-7425. I would like to go take this phone call from Eric. Thank you for calling, Eric. How are you? I'm well. Thank you, sir. Hey, I'm interested in rank choice voting and wondering what you think about it, and also nonpartisan primaries. And I go, I'm referencing the uh, Alaska runoff between Sarah Palin and I don't remember the other lady, but they had nonpartisan primaries. And they had wound up with two Republicans, as I remember, uh, out of that. And they were civil to one another on the debate stage. They didn't hurl accusations, they didn't try to be mean or or uh, cut the other one down, and that was okay. so refreshing. Yeah, but so you've got to under, so let, let's take the second one first. It's often called a jungle primary, where uh, Louisiana, where I'm from, has this, where everybody from every party is on the primary ballot, and the top two people, regardless of party, run against each other. Now that Alaska situation was unique because Sarah Palin had a massive axed to grind against the Republican who was running uh, and refused to support him. His people refused to support her. Uh, she actually had a good relationship with the Democrat who was running and had said she would far prefer that woman to to win than the other Republican. Uh, Palin helped get this Democrat elected to the U.S. House in the process. Uh, now, on ranked choice voting, a lot of my friends who are super political nerds love ranked choice voting. 
Ranked choice voting is essentially you go to the ballot, you go to the ballot box, and you rank who you want to vote for. I want this person first, this person second, this person f- third, this person fourth, this person fifth, this person sixth. Well, all right, your first place didn't win, so now let's retabulate based on your second choice. Does that person win? Nope. Let's retabulate based on your third choice. Okay, that person, that's got enough uh, to win. I am opposed to ranked choice voting. Again, all of my nerd friends like it. But to normal people, you're adding a complex layer to elections. Uh, It makes it uh, right for... Um, for conspiracy theories, we're already in a time where most people don't trust the outcome unless their guy wins. It makes it easier to do that. Look what happened in New York City. Uh, it became a convoluted process in the Democratic primary to decide who the nominee was going to be because of the ranked choice process. It took forever, and they had to keep retabulating and retabulating. As it went on, there were accusations. No, I, I, I get why people like it because it eliminates the primary or, or the runoff. I get that. But I think it is far easier for people to understand the process of a runoff than it is ranked choice voting, and you're adding extra uncertainties and the ability of unscrupulous people to bring in conspiracy theories and a massive complication a lot of voters won't understand. In fact, in New York, uh, a lot of people just ranked their first and second choice. They didn't rank the whole way through, uh, which was a problem for a, a lot of people didn't understand that they could. I just find it to be way too complex, um, way too frustrating for the average voter. And uh, my nerd friends who are smart, they love it. Um, And your average voter always just finds themselves needlessly complicated uh, and fretful. And I am thankful in Georgia this year I was able to kill the effort. It it was up and behind the scenes I, I worked pretty hard to push legislators to kill it, and I'm glad they killed it um, because I really think it would be a needless complication. Uh, Might as well do a runoff. That's better. Okay, even though, yeah, drags out elections and whatnot, I I still think it's better. Now, um, I am, I want to move on. I I have a familiar theme I I have hit on this week, and, and I didn't mean to. I never really do. This stuff happens organically. I, I want to discuss forgotten lessons. Because I so there's a Twitter thread. I don't want to get into the names and stuff, but uh, there's a guy who's an advocate of Christian nationalism, and it's shocking how much of a race-based component into his thinking there is. In fact, um, he has a Twitter thread going off on Catholics and Jews today, which should tell you everything you need to know about why it's not good to go down that path. But my buddy Sean Trindy, I shouldn't say my buddy, I don't really know him well, but we interact a lot on social media. We're at Real Clear Politics. He he commented uh, in, in relation to this, this other thread how shocked he is at the number of bad ideas on the left and the right that are starting to resurface. There's a meme that circulates online. I, I guess it's supposed to be a quote. I don't know that it's an authentic quote of Marcus Aurelius, but, you know, everybody's a stoic these days. The The... The, the tech bros and, and the even the Theo bros, the poly bros, they, they love Marcus Aurelius and the Stoics. And the quote is that hard times make strong men 
who make easy times that make soft men that make hard times or something like that. And the moral of the story there that's really to highlight all of it is people in good times forget why they have good times. Communism is on the rise on the left. I have a friend, he was telling me this weekend, his sister-in-law is a college professor and openly identifies as a Marxist communist. And her seven-year-old son, I don't think it's coincidental, now identifies as they-them polyamorous. I'm not making that up. A seven-year-old boy who now wants to go by a girl's name and identifies as they-them polyamorous. Doesn't even know what polyamorous means. We're in crazy times because we've had good times, and those good times derived from what we saw during World War II and the Cold War. And World War II is over, the first Cold War is over, the second Cold War is rising, but in these easy times, we get a lot of weak-kneed people who forget why we are where we are in history, and we are because we put aside all these bad ideas. And now these bad ideas are resurfacing. In the 1950s, William F. Buckley got rid of the John Birchers and the kooks from the conservative movement who saw like Jewish conspiracies and saw conservatism in terms of race. Conservatism actually was so dominant, we now ask, what did conservatism conserve? And we're not even aware of the things conservatism conserved because conservatism actually was pretty successful. And we've gotten so soft these days, we've allowed it to recede. The left has become resurgent as things happen, pendulum swing back and forth. But in the process, we forget so much of history, history repeats itself. You've got the left that for a very long while shoved aside their flirtation with communism and Marxism. Now suddenly attacking billionaires as inherently evil, attacking capitalism as inherently bad, striving again for mass unionization of the private sector. You got a lot of companies out there that are playing into this. One of the core traits of American free market capitalism over time is the basics of how it's done. The way it is supposed to work is not the way it works right now. The way it is supposed to work is you provide a good or service. You charge for it because it's compelling and people pay you money. You give them the good or the service they want. They give you the money for it in a arm's length transaction, and that's a good. You have improved yourself by selling your good or service. They have approved, improved themselves by acquiring the good or service they think could help them. Over time, really in the last 20 years or so, with the rise of private equity in particular, the good or the service is irrelevant. It's money is the product. You're, you're supposed to manufacture money, not a good or a service. Profit is king. That was, if you read Adam Smith, if you read Hayek, if you read 
advocates of the free market. Money is the byproduct, not the product. And yet the, uh, the privateers of the world have turned it on its head. And now money is the product. And when money becomes the product, it becomes easier for the communist Marxists to rear their head and say, this is wrong. Look at how they're treating people. Look at these corporations that are uh, being pushed by unionization efforts. Many of them have treated their employees like crap. I think unions are not really a good thing. They breed inefficiencies. They help the left, uh, all of these things. But I get why some people are pushing for unionization because look at what some of these companies are doing. Amazon forcing people to work for cheap in unair conditioned uh, sweat houses during the summer, among other things. It, it's it's terrible working conditions. I totally understand why people want to unionize at Amazon. I get it. Why so many employees at UPS are looking at striking, given some of the ways UPS treats the workers or the real workers who didn't get time off, no vacation pay, things like that. I totally get it. The corporations should be treating those people who produce their products or guide their services well, and they don't because they're in it for the profit. They're not in it for producing the good or the service anymore because a lot of it is the demand of private equity. A private corporation not whose stock is not sold on Wall Street tends to be more personable than the one that's sold on Wall Street where the shareholders care about the profit. They don't care about the product. Because we forget how we got to where we are, we forget what caused our success. We forget it in the classroom. We forget, you know, phonics was the good way to teach kids. And then they decided to start experimenting in the 70s with the whole word approach, and it destroyed kids' literacy. We forgot that actually teaching math the way you and I learned math was good, and they moved to Common Core, and now suddenly all the test scores have fallen, not just because of lockdowns, but it's in part because the parents who learned math the real way couldn't teach their kids math under the Common Core way because they didn't know it. So when lockdowns came, parents were helpless because we have an entire school system, public school system, that has decided to alienate children from their parents' ability to help them so that you're dependent on government for your educational needs. And now you close down the schools, you can't get the government help, the test scores collapse, and who saw that coming? Every parent in America. We forget the lessons. We see this on the right with the rise of this race-based conservatism, which is not conservative. It's not Christian. It's not conservatism. It's not really even nationalism. It's scratching a racist itch from some people who are trying to masquerade their racism behind intellectual thought. We see the economic collapse of the left and their re-embrace of communism and Marxism because they forget that they became successful by getting away from communism and Marxism and moving towards, at best, socialism or really, really a quasi-free market approach with government regulation. They embraced that. It started winning. Well, now we've got to this entire approach where you have some conservatives flirting with the idea that, hey, maybe we really do need more regulation and we can pick our own winners and losers as opposed to freeing up the free market again. When you forget how you got the good times, when you forget the lessons that led to the good times, you go very quickly back to the bad times and have to relearn all those lessons again. And we have spent so much time in schools now indoctrinating kids on sex and gender as opposed to teaching them the hard skills of life. We've given up on teaching them history, and they're going to have to relearn a whole lot of painful lessons. But the great uncertainty now is whether or not we come out on top a second time or do we relearn the lessons and settle on the bad as opposed to actually figuring out the right answer. And I'm not certain we will.
particularly when public schools these days are so intent on indoctrinating people instead of educating people. And you've got on the left and the right all of these internal squabbles on which way forward. You know the way forward? The way forward that would be best actually would be for free markets and free people. And we leave each other alone and we allow arm's length transactions for you and me to provide goods and services to others that those people then pay money for. And we take our money and pay them for their goods and services. And the government stays out of the way, leaves us alone so we can all live our lives in our communities, enjoying each other instead of squabbling over forgotten lessons where this time the left and the right yelling at each other may get the lesson wrong this time. And we're all worse off because of it. One of the groups that wants to teach the right lesson, wants to teach you about the value of free markets and free people is Americans for Prosperity. You could become a member of Americans for Prosperity and help them around the country grow free markets and free people to help them limit government, limit the power of government, scale government back, deregulate to increase the free market. They teach you how to do all that. They teach you how to be a door knocker, how to be an advocate for free markets and free people. Go to americansforprosperity.org slash Eric today. americansforprosperity.org slash E-R-I-C-K. Sign up. Become a member. They've got 36 chapters. They're expanding in the other states. They have over 4 million people who are working with them. This past year alone in state legislatures, they got over 200 legislative initiatives passed to roll back the regulatory state and to advocate for limited government. Go to americansforprosperity.org slash Eric today. Sign up. Become a conservative activist. And if you are a conservative activist, sign up at americansforprosperity.org slash Eric and become an even more effective conservative activist. That's americansforprosperity.org slash E-R-I-C-K. When the world seems crazy, he'll keep you sane. It's the Eric Erickson Show. Want Eric's weekly recipes? They're super delicious. Text recipe to 33777 now. Greetings. Welcome. It's Eric Erickson here. The phone number 877-973-7425. Those of you on the phones, be patient with me. This is somewhat of a short segment because I ran long the last time. My bad. Bad clock management. Charlie keeps lecturing me on that. When we come back, I want to talk about the, well, what is a woman stuff. You know, the controversy. Uh, But right now, Let's all enjoy a little bit of Kamala Harris. Um, I think of those two frogs, you know, the two frogs in the two pots. So (laughs) for your your listeners, here it goes. So there are two pots of water and two frogs. And in one pot, you put the frog in the water and you slowly turn up the heat. And that frog's just hanging out as the heat just slowly gets hotter to the Mm. point that that water starts to boil and that frog perishes. In the other pot of water, you first turn up the heat real high, the water's boiling, you drop that frog in, he'll jump right out. Mm. The lesson there, as far as I'm concerned, don't be that first frog. <laughs> Charlie, we need another Deep Thoughts by Kamala Harris with this clip. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes, friends. Deep Thoughts by Kamala Harris right there. Um, goodness gracious. That woman. And now, Deep Thoughts by Joe Biden. Like what we're doing today, we passed yesterday, helping taking care of everything from health care to God knows what else. That 
was Deep Thoughts by Joe Biden. The deep thoughts of the Biden-Harris administration never cease to amaze me. They're, y'all, they're deep. These are intellectual warriors of our time. Is it any wonder China looks on us with fear and trembling? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wow. Okay. Omaha Steaks. They got a great deal right now. If you go put Eric, E-R-I-C-K, in the search bar, listen, let, go to omahasteaks.com, put Eric in the search bar. But let me explain something to you, what sets them apart from so many other people. Because I could talk all day about the bacon wrap fillets or the caramel apple tartlets or their New York strips are fantastic. But it's their life, it's their 100% satisfaction guarantee. They want you as a lifetime customer. So they want you to be happy with the product. And if you are unhappy, they want to make you happy. So, for example, I had someone send me Omaha Steaks one time, and they got the old address. We just moved, and I didn't find it for like a day or so. I could smell it before I saw it. I called Omaha Steaks. They resent me at no charge to the person who sent it to me or to me. They resent me a fresh package, and it was delicious. They want you to be happy. They want you to be satisfied. So work with Omaha Steaks, and you will become a lifetime customer. Go to omahasteaks.com today. Put Eric in the search bar. Get an unbelievable value, quality, and 100% satisfaction guarantee. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.